0: Now, good morning. Hi, everyone. I'm Lucy Townsley, and I specialize in women's health and trauma that goes with women's health. So if you are having problems with your cycle, trying for a baby, because I really don't like the word fertility, pregnancy, um, w- who have had their babies, because sometimes we need help when we've had our babies as well, because we're meant, you know, it's meant to be perfect and it's, it's not easy when you're not getting much sleep and you have a little tiny person relying on you. Also, we go on to then moving on to perimenopause and menopause, all different stages of a woman's life. So today I am joined by Yolanta. She is a holistic pharmacist and really helps people with nutrition and lifestyle medications. also, she, her speciality really is about diagnosing and testing, and she's going to tell us all about the tests that you can do that really look out for your hormones, you know, changes in your hormones and stuff. So I'm so, um, so glad you're here, Yolanta. Welcome.
1: Thank you so much, Lucy. Thank you for inviting me to, uh, to this conversation. I'm so excited
0: to hear about the testing, um, how it works for women you know what you do and what you know who comes to you to get tested
1: yes so i've um i mean i've been a pharmacist for just over 30 years now so i've been in healthcare advising people for a long time and i've often noted you know how people they try one thing they try another whether it's medication supplements diet and that they seem to go down one avenue, it's not working, they try another one, it's not working. They try another one. And I was um, diagnostic testing was brought to my attention about 10 years ago. And then I suddenly st- saw the beauty of diagnostic testing because it can really pinpoint and highlight exactly what's going on in the body. And you have a roadmap, you have a roadmap of where you need to go, what needs to be restored and balanced, you know, for optimal health, whether that's balancing hormones, you know. So for example, um, one of the tests that I um, organize and interpret for both men and women of all ages, um, is a Dutch test. And that's dried urine test for comprehensive hormones. It's a very simple test. You just urinate on a strip of paper four times over the course of 24 hours. But it gives us a mass of information. It checks for sex hormones. Um, So it's really useful if um, a woman is having any menstrual problems Or if a woman is planning to get pregnant or has been trying for a while without any success. And it's also really useful when a woman transitions through perimenopause and menopause. And I actually get men um, asking uh, me to do the test for them because, you know, they they claim, you know, I've got low testosterone because I have all the symptoms. And actually, funnily enough, when the test is done and we get the results, it's actually showing they've got too much estrogen in the body, you know? And that is sort of really, um, you know, masking any of the positive beneficial effects of testosterone. So this test is, is just my most favorite test. And it doesn't only just check for the sex hormones, so it checks how the liver in in a woman, how it's processing the oestrogen, how it's detoxing the oestrogen, because there's three different pathways that oestrogen can be detoxed via. And this is really crucial for any woman that may be considering HRT, because if she's still got a lot of oestrogen in her body, And she then takes HRT, she she is going to feel pretty horrible. And this is what happened with me when I went through the menopause and I didn't realize I was estrogen dominant and putting HRT on top of that was it was just like a ticking time bomb. But the test, just going back to the test, it checks, um, you know, adrenal health. So things like cortisol, another hormone called DHEA, um, which is called like the youth hormone. It checks for antioxidant markers like melatonin, glutathione, oxidative stress levels. It checks um, vitamin B6, vitamin B12 and neurotransmitters. So it, it is the most marvelous test. But I also do another test that's really, really um, popular is food intolerance testing. Because um, I was reading the other day that 45% of the population most probably have a food intolerance without knowing about it. And so their symptoms, whether it be gut problems like bloating, IBS, diarrhea, constipation, acid reflux, through to tiredness, headaches, migraines, joint aches and pains, skin issues like acne or eczema. You you know, an underlying cause could be a food intolerance. So, um, you know, I've helped a lot of people, you, you know, so people of all ages, you know come to me and say you know I've got this issue and how you know what would you suggest to really get a resolution
0: why do why do you think that um you know when you go in as a woman so you you, this is something that you did when you had your menopause going through I presume when you're Eastern dominant a lot of hot flushes uh, not sleeping. I'm putting words in your mouth. So how was your menopause? What what uh, symptoms did you have
1: that defer- defined you as estrogen dominance? Oh, my goodness. Well, I started, I'd, I'd say, transitioning into perimenopause 10 years ago. Um, and it really hit me literally overnight. And so one day, I was me, Yolanta, the next day, I I literally felt like I was a different person. I was standing there in boots talking to a patient that the hot flush started, um, you know, and they kept coming every hour. You know, it wasn't just one. And so I was sweating, my makeup was running. And, you know, you feel so uncomfortable and it was that night the hot sweats the night sweat started and literally I was waking up three four times a night just just soaked I had to change my nighty, the bedding and of course you don't get a good night's sleep so the next day you feel even worse and so this started um you know, happening every single day. But what I actually noticed was my personality was changing. Like I had a really happy life, you know, but I felt so sad. You know, I'd cry at the drop of a hat. I, um, you know, it's like my resilience to stress. It, it was nuked. You, you know i'd be walking around um the supermarket you know planning my meals and and it, if they didn't have one ingredient i mean it was crazy it would just throw me off and i couldn't think so what am i going to cook you know tonight or tomorrow if i can't find that it's it's like my mind just unraveled and i thought i'm i'm going crazy and not only that but a lot of fear came up for me so and the fear was mainly around driving like at the time i was commuting to work for about it was right two motorways so it's about you, you know a good hours drive to and from work and i would be gripping the steering wheel i was petrified of driving now i'd always loved driving and so you, you know, all these things, it was like, I don't know what's going on. But even so, like, because you asked me about the how did I know I was estrogen dominant? I mean, I didn't know at the time. It wasn't until I got myself tested. But like, I started swelling. So, like, really puffy eyes, you know, puffy hands, especially my ankles. I was getting really bloated and there headaches i think it was the headaches that were probably the most debilitating like i would get a migraine four days a week and well wow, that's went, a lot i that's went to lot. the doctor i went to the doctor and i said you know please can you check my hormones i think i'm i'm approaching the menopause i mean my periods at the time were a little bit i wouldn't say i was bleeding heavily Um, but they were a little bit more erratic. And the doctor said, well, we can check your FSH levels and um, I'll I'll give you more migraine medication, which did help (coughs) like neutralize the pain of the headache. And you're only meant to take about three a month. I was taking three or four a week. And I thought, what am I doing to my body? And as a pharmacist, you probably knew,
0: you, you, you know more about
1: medication
0: than even the doctors know, because that's what you've learned in university for so long. Exactly,
1: yeah. exactly. And I thought, you you know, I went to see various private practitioners and, you, you know, they're all saying, yes, it's estrogen dominance, why you've got these migraines. And, and I tried, you know, I knew my, I, I thought I knew all my supplements and what to do with my diet and you know my own journey just showed how little I actually knew because I tried supplement after supplement some would work for a couple of months and then you know the symptoms would be back and I tried changing things in my diet and nothing nothing was really sticking and making a difference And it wasn't until I found a private practitioner that actually does what I do now. And she said, we need to get you tested, Jelanta. We need to find out exactly what's going on in your body. And I had a food intolerance test. I knew nothing about food intolerances at that stage. And... Uh, It highlighted that I was intolerant to egg whites. Now, I was eating two eggs with avocado every single morning, you know, nutritious breakfast with some rocket. And do you know what? Within, I'd say, three to four weeks of completely eliminating egg whites, I was migraine-free. I didn't have another headache. And I can eat egg whites now, not too many, but, you know, my body just doesn't like too many egg whites. And, you know, the practitioner also did a Dutch test for me. And that was that was the game changer for me, because when I saw in black and white or you see it in color, actually, when you get your results and I saw exactly what was happening in my body and piecing it was like putting the jigsaw puzzle of me together and you know it was okay this needs to be resolved this pathway needs to be resolved and so with a a few dietary tweaks and a couple of high caliber supplements within, I'd I'd say literally it was within days that I noticed the hot flushing stopped and the night sweat stopped. That was the first thing that just eased off. Wow. And then slowly, slowly, all the other things started falling into place because I was suffering a lot with, um, I, I feel it's safe to be completely honest in this space. I was suffering a lot with urinary incontinence. And then as the weeks went by, I thought, gosh, I I can actually go somewhere now without panicking. Where's the toilet? You know, and just this sense of liberation and ease in my life. And slowly I just felt more like myself. And funnily enough, a year later, I wanted to check how I'm doing. And I think that's when I'd already entered menopause. So I actually transitioned through a very hectic, chaotic perimenopause because everything became more balanced. You know, I actually transitioned through the menopause, you know, the the day when, you know, I completely stopped bleeding, um, you know, with ease. And now when, you know, when I then did another Dutch test, my sex hormones have flatlined. You know, I'm not producing much estrogen. I'm not producing much progesterone or testosterone. But because I'm balancing all the other pathways in my body, I feel like I'm thriving and I feel better, more energetic than I did 10 years ago. And and I think I'm really passionate about this. I mean, I have a lot of ladies coming to me who are going through the perimenopause or, you know, are postmenopausal. And I always say, you know, it's not necessarily about the estrogen and progesterone levels. And I'm not against HRT, you know, that is every woman's choice. That you can absolutely thrive, even when the because it's a natural progression. And
0: did you did, know, you, did you try HRT yourself? Did you try any of those? So when mm-hmm. I was
1: perimenopausal, when mm-hmm. I was um, forty five, yes, I tried HRT because that is what the doctor offered me. You know, she did the FSH levels,
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: and she said yes, you're approaching menopause because it was about I don't know 25 and um she offered me HRT and oh my goodness it was like I had you know how some women describe thunderclap headaches I mean it was constant no painkillers would relieve it nothing and that's because i was estrogen dominant and it was just like putting more estrogen onto an estrogen dominant body um and at the time you see i was um although i had a good diet i'd always suffered with constipation and so you know it's not until i did my study in nutrition um because after all this journey you know, what I wanted to do is I wanted to share this, you know, with others. So I actually undertook, once I had sort of all those symptoms at ease, I actually undertook four years of extra study to gain a diploma in nutrition. Um, and, you know, constipation is, is key. You need to resolve any constipation for any woman whether she's, you know, um, just started her periods. So, you know, any any female, let's say, mm-hmm. when she starts her periods at puberty, right through to, you know, old age, getting good function is mm-hmm. crucial. Cons- we need to resolve any constipation because otherwise the liver is trying to detox all that, used the estrogen, It sends it to the gut. And if the gut microbiome isn't balanced and you've got unbalanced bacteria in there, they're going to unpick all that estrogen that's ready to be detoxed, you know, via poo. And it's all going to, all that toxic estrogen is going to be reabsorbed in the body. And I think that for me was something key I had to look at rebalancing it's actually really scary Uh,
0: and I could I'm just thinking of a lady in my clinic who wouldn't go like maybe once a week and it was uh, when she came to me and that wasn't why she came she came for something else but I remember asking her that question about her bowel movement and she goes "Uh, maybe once a week maybe it's always been once a week I was like oh my goodness (laughs) that's not normal You know, I agree, the stool and the, you know, there's, more so in old people's homes, you know, they have the chart with the different stool types, you know, that chart should be used for everybody, I think, young and old, yeah, definitely. It's a huge yeah. thing. And it's an embarrassing thing. People don't
1: like to talk about their poo. They don't like Do you to talk know about their I mean, it's, it's an everyday thing for me. You, you know, I work with some mums with their children and they will send me photos of their child's poo, you know, yeah. in the toilet bowl. Because especially with a child's health or gut health, you can tell a lot by the consistency and the color of the poo. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah. So I'm used to it. (laughs) So I have to ask this question. What should a healthy poo look like? (laughs) Sorry to ask that one. So ideally, it should be a nice mid-brown color. Ideally, when it comes out, it should be almost like an S shape because, you know, the intestines are sort of curved. And so Mm -hmm. if it's come out nicely, it should maybe have a bit of a curve in it.
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: it should be smooth so none of those like little round pellets making up the solid stall yeah ideally it shouldn't plop heavily into the toilet bowl why shouldn't Um, it plop heavily into the toilet bowl so this is all about the um probably the waste matter and the fat um that's been digested it should be should should plop in you know quite softly and you know it um so so we don't want it definitely not watery or blobby Mm -hmm. um because obviously you know that means it's just passed through the gut too quickly meaning that you know all those nutrients from your food and most probably any supplements that someone's buying haven't been absorbed they've not you know the gut hasn't had a chance to absorb all of that and then of course you know you don't want the other end of the scale where it's really really hard to pass Mm -hmm. or it comes out more like rabbit pellets yeah that can happen too and the other thing we don't want to see, we don't want bits of food in the poo, you know, undigested food. I think the this is
0: kind of grim, sorry. The only one that seems to come through is sweet corn. It's one of the ones we can't
1: digest, isn't it? It's, exactly. sweet corn. it's the one of the ones you exactly. can see sweet corn. Yeah, that's yes. the one I remember. Yeah. That one. Yeah. So there are a few exceptions, but when people say to me, oh, I've seen like bits of mushroom or, um, I know this is probably not a very safe conversation. (laughs) But you know, they they tell me um, various things that they have actually found in the poo and that that is because there's probably not enough acid um, in the uh, stomach or enough um, pancreatic enzymes to digest that food.
0: No, but that's true. So it's essentially like your digestive starts with your mouth, doesn't it? Chewing the food, swallowing it down to the stomach, and then small intestines, large intestines, and then excreting the what we don't need. So you, so yeah, so one of the systems obviously isn't working correctly when it doesn't come out the right, right at the bottom.
1: Yeah, essentially, exactly. isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Essentially, what it but is, but certainly with with children. What I do tend to see a lot is a, a lot of mums contact me and they say, you know, my, my child's poo is is clay like. It looks like clay. It's really a very, very pale beige colour. And then, you, you know, um, I just know we, we need to do some work around the um, around gut health for that mm. child. But that's really, really common. And actually, you know, my son, you know, we do have a good diet, but you know, he's seven and a half. Occasionally, he likes to go to McDonald's with his friends, but I can always guarantee that after he's he's had some fast food, it completely changes the color of his poo. Interesting.
0: Mm. I know. Well, um, I mean, your guts can be changed from different things. Uh, again me and my sister whenever our kids are competing in a competition she'd ring me and she says I'm having a nervous poo uh, <laughs> I'd be the yeah. same so that's kind of like the um the flight and fight system kicking in eradicating all that what you don't need in your system exactly. so you can have one of those poos or sometimes you know if you've drunk too much the night before you can often yeah, say an yeah. alcoholic poo it's exactly. different Yeah, there's different ones, isn't there, that you can do. So obviously passing a a poo is important for getting rid of estrogen from your system. And then as a woman, if you're not going regularly, you're going to, it's going to have a huge effect on every aspect, whether it's trying for a baby or, you know, heading perimenopause or all menopause. So yeah, it's very interesting, actually, that whole thing about it. So you were also saying that there's three pathways for oestrogen in the body. So obviously one of them is being eradicated by your poo. What are the other two pathways?
1: So what it is is that when all that you used up oestrogen um, is ready to be eliminated from the body, um, a vast uh, majority goes into the liver, mm-hmm. and the liver can then choose three pathways to detox it okay Uh, and we could call them just to make it uh, simple green red and blue and science has shown us that for optimal health you know for a woman that those pathways should be in a certain proportion so what we want what we want to see is that the liver is shunting this oestrogen detoxing it more via the green pathway so at least 60 to 70 percent but and then what happens it's like when it's um detoxed that oestrogen down those pathways and there's a process called methylation to break it down even more and then it's shunted to the large intestine you know and this is where we need the good bacteria to then shunt it out of the body Mm -hmm. but just going back to those pathways so what I am finding is that in a lot of women that come to me for advice and for testing is we need to do some work around the liver because their liver is actually choosing um, t- more emphasis on breaking the oestrogen down the, the red pathway or the blue pathway. I mean, there are chemical names for this, but I'm just trying to make it. No, that's okay. <laughs> and this is where symptoms occur and issues can occur. So then we, we use things like usually food or supplements, Um, to try and help the liver to shunt the majority of that oestrogen down the um, green pathway, down what we call the healthy pathway. Because the thing is what the liver is really doing, it takes that oestrogen and in phase one detox, it's almost like it it makes that oestrogen even more potent. So this is why we need the liver to be doing the whole process efficiently. So it's almost like an estrogen bomb. (laughs) And then the second phase of detoxification, this is the work and you need a lot of cofactors here. Like we need the cruciferous veg, we need B vitamins as, as well as a whole load of other nutrients that the liver then parcels this oestrogen up very nicely. It's like putting it in a box with a bow on it. And then phase three of detoxification is where that oestrogen parcel is sent into the large intestine. And if you've got good gut bacteria, good balance, they will then just shunt that (laughs) yeah, <laughs> you know, through the poo. If the gut bacteria are not balanced, then what they do is they happily open up this box, take out all this estrogen, and it just gets reabsorbed back into the body. Uh mm, which is which happening we, to me ten years I would, ago. Which we and don't no wonder I was suffering
0: so much. So eventually it's probably like an estrogen overload essentially in your system isn't it? Too many of those boxes are not delivered out. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah and what about through does the, does the um, kidney help with
1: um, excretion of estrogen out of your body? To a very very small extent but the kidneys as you know Lucy you know that they are vital especially the adrenal glands mm-hmm. that sit on top of the kidneys you know and I think for a lot of women supporting good adrenal health is key to you know getting everything balanced in yeah. the body Absolutely. and I know you you know with, with your um program Lucy you you know you do talk about stress and sleep and these are fundamental key things to really help to support the body so a woman can thrive Um, you know and it can you know in the younger years balance the hormones those two key pillars can balance the hormones you're really supporting the adrenal glands. But like I said, as, as a woman then goes through menopause and she's not making much estrogen on progesterone, you know, really nourishing and nurturing the adrenals is super, super important. It is actually.
0: And going back to the sleep. So again, from a, you know, my med uh, my background is Chinese medicine and they have a clock. So your timing, so the, the liver and gallbladder work together really well, but their the time is from 11 PM to 3 AM. So it's in a very important time to sleep at that point. Yes. And again, not, and not too much food in your system because you want, it to work and get that parcel together and be ready to excrete whereas if you're putting more on top of it it's you know it's like an overloaded desk you know it's like this high instead of being cleared you know your inbox is too full and then it's not able to do its job properly for so sleeping at that time and that's the time when you're eastern dominant that you wake up it, it, it wakes up, you're not settled. They call it um, the hot soul isn't settled in, uh-huh. in the system. And then it roams around the system, disrupts the heart. So you and the head, the, uh, heart and head work together. So they, it disrupts that. So you wake up and you'd be wide awake at three in the morning, or you could be really hot, sweating and stuff. And again, that comes down to liver not regulating the body temperature. So there's a whole, you know, there's that element that comes into it as well. It's very, it's really interesting. The times of sleeping are massive, actually, how you, you know, that's a time that you should be sleeping.
1: Yeah. That's I don't amazing.
0: know. Yeah, it is. And again, like, I, I'm not sure how you work with this, but the time, you know, um, the times of eating, I always try not to eat after seven in the evening. So you have that time for your body to process, the food that you've eaten during the day and you know do the job ideally the ideal time when your digestive system again from Chinese medicine is working at its ultimate peak is 12 o'clock in midday and that's the best time to eat your food because it's absolutely you couldn't get it working any better at that point
1: Yeah. yeah and you know when my son isn't at school then we always have our main meal at lunchtime between yeah. 12 and one yeah because I, I feel that is um you know for optimal digestion of that no, it's not
0: always possible with work yeah. and no, you know a lot of moms no. work and things so it's difficult but it, yeah it is if you can keep those that mm. timing it's 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 not always easy and uh, you know Amber is in school as well so she's not doesn't leave school to half two so it's very hard to give her a lunch You can't give them lunch at lunchtime. And they don't have enough time to eat in school, actually. She often comes back with her lunchbox full still. And I'm like, how come you didn't eat today? Oh, I didn't have time. So, you know. I get it as well. Yeah. (laughs) Whatever she's doing. Yeah, too much talking and stuff like that. Yeah, it's (laughs) tricky. So it is. So the testing, the diagnostic testing is, you think, uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's a key factor.
1: It's good. Definitely, because the thing is, otherwise a person can be going round and round in circles, trying one thing after another. Mm. And, you know, another um, thing I'll just mention, just going back to the adrenal glands,
0: Mm -hmm. you,
1: you know, when women come to me and they are absolutely exhausted and they say they just feel overwhelmed with stress. You know, we don't know whether their adrenals are producing too much stress hormones, or actually flatlining and there's hardly any stress hormones. And it can be very difficult to say, well, this is happening or well, this is happening. And um, again, without testing, you don't know because there are two. Usually, there are different ways to try to normalise um, the stress hormones. So. Yeah. So that's why I, that's why
0: I really love the the Western medicine approach and the say Eastern medicine approach that you can really utilise the two. So so with Chinese medicine you can't you know you can only go on what the person's telling you and you know their kidney energy and adrenal energy is low, so it's about building it back up again and getting it, the system working. But you know you can work even better if you know the testing. That this is a problem that they're not producing cortisol or they're producing too much of it. Yeah. This mm-hmm. is kind of flight and fight and freeze mode, isn't it? Those that go on.
1: Yes, and and when I was um just going back to what I said about me, when I thought I was, you know, my resilience to stress was awful, you know, and all this fear that I had, um again, that showed my adrenals had pretty much flat lined it was almost like I was having you know I know some people use the term adrenal fatigue or adrenal insufficiency and um you know I needed a lot of rest and you know to really nurture my adrenals and now it's um you know I have the you know because the cortisol is produced you know as circadian rhythm it's absolutely fine but you know I was taking some herbs that would have actually lowered my cortisol even more back Mm. then you know I thought I knew I was I was doing you know maybe you know I thought I was a little bit arrogant thinking yes I've been a pharmacist for 20 years I, I know my supplements but it wasn't you see you know and I think this is it the way universities, colleges, polytechnics teach, you know, healthcare practitioners—whether it be a pharmacist or a GP—there's not enough emphasis put on all these different pathways, and you know exactly how supplements work, and um, you know that the magic of food, food used as a medicine. I love that the magic of food.
0: It's it's so important and it is magic. There's um a very old Chinese um, doctor like <laughs> centuries and centuries ago called Sum uh, Su Miao, and his theory was what you can't fix with food, then you turn to medicine. So you can do a lot with food. Now you do sometimes you do need to supplement, but yeah, what yeah I just love that the fact that he used food to fix you. Now these would be like you know proper. Food like you know, like a chicken bone broth or something that's yeah. really hitting. Say like chicken bone broth for adrenals, and the colors and the flavors, bringing all of those elements into onto your plate. So yeah, it's it's it is,
1: and food is a medicine in itself. Yeah, so it is. Yeah, it really yeah, really yeah. is. It is a yeah. medicine in itself. I it's, mean I was working last summer. Sorry to interrupt. I was working no. with the lady last summer. Um, and she said to me, you know, I think I'm going through the menopause. My periods have all stopped. I'm suffering with long COVID. Um, she, she, she was really was in bad shape. And literally within 10 days, and the only change I made is I gave her a specific recipe for a smoothie to just bring in a load of nutrients into her body. No supplements. And within 10 days she says i've had a bleed i feel i feel like a veil has lifted from me and See, it's that's amazing
0: that's amazing it's really yeah so food healed yeah yes. yeah it's that's very true Wow, you've given us so much to think about, Yolanda. Really, heaps and heaps. And I love that saying, you know, the magic of food, and it is that. And I think that, um, you know, we we're bombarded from the HSC here in Ireland, so it's the National Health in the UK, but of, um, you know, your five a day and not eating too much meat, eating more meat, eating more. you know, there's so much information about food. And I think, um, for you know, it's about keeping it simple and not making it too complicated, and then you're able to do it. Because I think if you, otherwise, if you over-complicate
1: things, you just don't do them. That's- No, exactly. And I think, you know, I'm a real believer in personalized diet, because what will suit me may not necessarily, say, suit you, Lucy. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, if there was a perfect diet out there, Wouldn't we all be well and, you know, and so, you know, I think this also, you know, points to the value of having a a nutrition consultation with somebody, you know, to sort of see, well, maybe this isn't suiting you. Maybe we could replace this with this to just help Um, and and food intolerance testing you know, I think is marvelous, because we, I see, um, you know, a lot of people that have a really healthy diet, you know, really healthy. And yet they're struggling with symptoms or issues. And when we do a food intolerance test, sometimes the healthiest of foods can come up, you know, something like chia seeds or avocado. And it might be, You know what, you're overloading your gut with these foods and then it's struggling to digest them, which then has a knock-on effect on Mm. on, you you know absorption. And sometimes just by limit removing that food or lessening it, and this isn't forever, this is just like a, you know, almost like
0: a detox for a few weeks. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Exactly. And that can all of a sudden they say, oh my goodness, I'm feeling so much better. And you know, it's like everything in moderation. It is, isn't it?
0: Well, I know. Um, I I I, I love salads, but they don't. They just I can't eat them because they just I feel bloated and full. They just sit, sit in my stomach. Yeah. So, um, but I can eat salad sometimes. But I can eat it. Funny enough, at around lunchtime, there's no way I could eat it in the nighttime. Just no way. It just I'd it'd be lying in bed, bloated feeling a bit nausea. So feeling really uncomfortable. So, um, I just don't eat them because they just, whatever it is about a lettuce, it just doesn't agree with me. And tomatoes, cold tomatoes, I can eat them cooked. If they're cooked, I can eat them cold. Mm. Forget it. Yeah. It's the Mm. same. It's, it's just, so yeah, it's about listening to your body and I used to eat salads a lot and I'd feel so rotten after them and really tired and a bit nausea and a bit bloated. And once yeah. I stopped eating them and they were healthy food, like lettuce is good, it's their so awesome. herb. And it's, it's very good, good for you, but just yeah. didn't, for some reason, didn't suit me now. And the same like onions, but if I cook onions, cook tomatoes and um, cook that, you know, what you can cook from a salad, no problem. But just whatever the quality of the of the food I couldn't eat it mm. at all now sometimes I can eat rocket but rocket is a more of a hot type it food. is yeah. yeah so that's yeah. one of the ones
1: that I can eat
0: yeah so it's yeah.
1: interesting it's and interesting. I, I for example can't eat a lot of fermented foods because yeah. that triggers my migraines and again there's I mean this could be a whole other conversation about histamine <laughs> intolerance you know Oh, my goodness. Um, and, and, you know, it's like um, knowing your limits, you know, OK, I can eat this, but I can't eat that. Or in, like with the egg whites, you know, I, I can maybe have two eggs a week. But if I go out somewhere and someone has made a beautiful meringue, you know, I just know that if I have a slice of that, you know, that's a, you know, super whammy egg white bomb for me. And yeah. I just know that the next day or sometimes the day after I will have a migraine.
0: Interesting. There is certain foods that do trigger you. Yeah, I agree.
1: Mm-hmm. I do agree.
0: And also I think it, uh, um, as well, it depends how tired you are and how you digest your food. I think that comes in a lot of it. You know, that if you're, you know, certain foods that you could be slightly intolerant. If your energy is good, you can digest them well. But if your energy is low, you just, yeah, no, it doesn't do you good. So, yeah, probably everyone should probably have a test, a food test. It gives them an idea of what foods suit and don't suit them. And and is it an easy test to do,
1: the food intolerance? Oh, it's it's super, super simple. So I work with um, a very reputable lab. And I also consult for them as well. And basically you get like, um, you know, you get a lancet. So you you just need literally a drop of blood and you get like this straw or wand and you just pop this straw next to your finger and the blood is just drawn up. And then you just, you know, fill in your details, post it off. And then seven days later, I get the results and we go for a consultation. So, you know, to talk through the results, give them some guidance and what to do and then how to, you you know, because obviously dairy comes up a lot for people. Mm. And again, this may not be forever, might just be, you know, we need to do an elimination diet, but of course then we need to ensure that that person does still need all the nutrients that they would have had from the dairy, like the calcium, iodine. So we, we always have a thorough consultation to go through the test so I can advise them on um, alternative substitutes and do some meal planning. Yeah, because I think that's a fear as well. So,
0: I mean, I love chocolate and cheese, they're my, my two things. And I think I'd be like, oh, if I have to, if I, yeah, but it's about finding different ways, isn't it? It's about resetting your mind to think that by not eating chocolate, but maybe eating this instead, you, you're going to feel the benefits of it. Yeah. 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 So, we must cut, yeah, I have to get you back on again and talking about that the food testing and the, you know, the reaction from different foods and like Ed White's. So it'd be really good. You've been amazing. Thank you so, Thank so you, much. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Lucy. You've you been brilliant. Thank you. And if uh, anyone wants to get hold of Yolanta, I'm going to put all her details up and all the links that you can contact her with. And also, if you would like to join me on my menopause course, I will add that link in too, and that will be there for you. And don't forget to like or subscribe to the channel. Thanks so much. Thank you. Bye.